Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Put up with Dr. Mike Jones this morning, who's the MD of Impact Minerals. And if you want to hear our thoughts on their conversation, their plans going forward, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Where you can also find detailed company reports. There it is commentary from market experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. There are training videos on there to help you do your analysis just a little bit better. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you a little bit of time. And of course, why don't you join our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas in a nice, safe environment. That's cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Yep, very good. Thanks, uh, Matt. Uh, glad to be here on Crux. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. First time we've spoken, first time we've um, met or heard this story, so looking forward to it. So where in the world are you? You're looking very sunny with that shirt on. Uh, I know, well, I'm in Perth in uh, Western Australia, so it's a uh, COVID-free central and it's uh, a stinking hot day. So the summer's arrived with a vengeance this week. And uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got the summer uniform on. Beautiful, and, beautiful. Uh, it's about time too. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool up until now, so. Now you, you've you've abandoned us. You're originally from the UK, and you you, you left, and you never came back. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I'm here for a reason. The sun, you know, it's uh, it, it's here now. So uh, yeah, look, uh, I did my studies uh, at Imperial College, uh, both my degrees, and uh, as I was finishing my PhD, uh, a mid-tier mining company called Western Mining Corporation, or WMC Resources, as they became, offered me a job and a visa. And uh, as I was uh, as I was riding up, and so I came out here in '88. There was a mini boom on; they couldn't get geologists to work, uh, you know, Australian geologists to work for them. So I was I was one of the original cheap immigrant labourers, and uh, been here ever since. So it's been it's been great. Yeah, and I, and I noticed you've lost the accent as well. I mean, I got to ask you this question: <laughs> When you come back home at Christmas, see your family, and you've had a few drinks, does it get a bit more English? It, it certainly does, Governor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, my mind gets a little bit more Irish. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Well, look, um, thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it. Um, but what, before we kind of get into the conversation, why don't you kick off, give everyone new to the story, a one-minute overview, if you don't mind. Sure. Look, Impact Minerals is a junior explorer. We're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, and we're exploring primarily for precious metals, gold, silver, but in particular at the moment, platinum group metals. Um, and they're associated with nickel and copper. And then we also have um, quite a, a significant exploration program for copper gold. So two different deposit styles, if you like. Uh, they're both in Eastern Australia. And we've been very active on one of those projects at Broken Hill. We've been drilling now for five months and uh, lots of results coming in. But we really found an impact to, to find the big win. We're, we're a grassroots explorer at heart. And, you know, we're not a project generator as such, you know, to try and get joint ventures. We're there for the, you know, for the big win. And those things are difficult. They're few and far between. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're plugging away, looking for that big win for, to give the shareholders a return that they're really looking for. Okay. So thanks for explaining that. So I guess the, the, the um, sign behind you, high-grade mineral exploration within Australia is, is the clue. Um, but at the same time, you, you kind of seem to be hedging your bets because you've got, a, you've got a lot of optionality on, on, on the table uh, as to what you're after and how you're going to go about doing it. Uh, I guess in this climate, that's probably no bad thing. Um, why don't you try, if you don't mind, could you explain to me what, what you guys have set out to do? I'm, I'm interested in the story today as opposed to what's gone on before, because you've kind of got a long 
history of exploration in, yeah. in different parts of the world, you know, Botswana, Turkey, etc. But as of today, what's the business plan? What are you setting out to do? Yeah. So look, when I when I was working at Western Mining all those uh, years ago, we uh, you know we had um, a plethora of very clever people there. I was probably one of the least clever, and they um, you know, we spent a lot of time and money sort of working on target generation philosophies. And, and really, what we've done since we were listed, we've always had very large ground holdings in what we consider prospective terrains. Uh, in the case of our projects right now in Australia, we've got three major ones. Um, we're amongst the larger ground holdings in each of those terrains, and we've, we've accumulated that ground over time. So we're, we're basically almost in the shadow of the head frame, which is a phrase that I'm sure many of your listeners would have, um, you know, would have heard before. And uh, it's a great place to be. The fundamentals in, are in place in terms of deep-seated geological features that you might be interested in. And, and our view has been, well, if you end up with a large amount of ground and you've got enough time and enough money, you know, the odds are stacked in your favour that you've got a very good chance of, uh, you know, of making that big discovery of you know, the next one. And so uh, there's been lean times in that, uh, in that time, but right now uh, two of our three projects have got major discoveries nearby. And, uh, and so as a result, there's a lot of interest in what we're doing the ground that we've got so you know we've got people knocking on our door for the first time ever saying oh you know can we have a look at the ground that you've got because we've ended up with this uh, strategic ground holding so people would look at us as oh you know you've got this, these big ground holdings everywhere but we've always run you know why don't you focus on one area uh, you know and stick with it but we've also run what we call a, a target portfolio so you know out of those areas we're, we're looking to pick the eyes out of all of them and, and rank them against each other. So, you know, with one project, you know, the first three, you know, might be great, you know, but in fact, they're second tier relative to the first two in the, uh, you know, in the other project. And so, you know, our strategy always has been to sort of, you know, pick the eyes out of these things. And, and certainly during the downturn, the five year downturn between say 2012, 2017, that kept us alive, you know, because we had high grade and all of these things and we were able to sort of, you know, the markets were so bad sort of, you know, almost switch and, switch and match to the market as much as anything else, but very much driven by where's the best place to put our money right now in this big portfolio. And, um, and that's really, uh, you know, what we've done and what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's the, that's the bit I'm trying to get, um, get to here because it does seem to be a little switch and match and we're going to adapt to whatever's hot in the market uh, to stay alive. Which, which is, I guess, the name of the partly the name of the game, but the name of the game is also to grow this thing. So, um, yeah. if I just look at currently, obviously, market cap around thirty-five million Aussie. You've got you know two cents share price. Um, people they're not getting the story at the moment. So, what what are they missing? Do you think? Uh, well, they're getting it a lot more than they were in March when we were sort of down at about half a cent. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of at record you know record market cap. And, and look, let's face it, you know, rising tide, you know, lifts, uh, you know, lifts all boats. And, uh, you know, it's been an, an amazing six months, you know, on the market. Um, but look, as I said, you know, we're here for the, for the big win. We, we are the speculative junior. And, uh, and that's what people give us money for. You know, the, the presentations that I give to brokers and investors, it's like we're trying to give you the, you know, the 10 bagger in a, you know, in, a, in a one year. It might take a long time to get to that one year, but, you know, this is what it's about. And so people are aware that this is a high risk game that we're in. Um, you know, so yeah, we're going to grow value. You can, you can spout all you like about growing value and, uh, and all that sort of stuff, adding ounces and resources and all that sort of stuff. But I've seen, I've seen 
to hundreds of companies in the time we've been listed, come and go, you know, telling, oh, we're going to add value, we're going to do this, going to do that, and they're gone and they've got, you know, some half-beaten half up, you know, 50,000-ounce a year producer and they go under, you know. So um, that's, that's, not a, that's not an avenue that we want to go down. You know, we're here until the shareholders say no, we're here to say, you know, look, we're going to go for the big win. And, and look, the projects that we've had, we've had them on the books a long time, but we've stuck with those projects, you know. And so during the downturn, it was like, you know, to raise money, you know, it was like we were still picking the eyes out of those targets, you know, and then didn't quite get the results. So, I mean, the thing about grassroots exploration is that, you know, you can plug away for years as we have done and then, you know, boom, out of nowhere, you know, you get a massive discovery. And, and a prime example of that entire story would be DeGray Mining. Uh, I don't know if you've done an interview with them. Um, that's been one of the magnificent um, discoveries of the last decade, you know, um, all happened mostly this year. And it's in an area that people have gone over, you know, dozens of times. And at Western Mining, when I was there, it was a case of, uh, you know, there's no, nothing big in the Pilbara in the north part of Western Australia. We won't bother even going looking there. And here we are 30 years later, and they find, you know, minimum 5 million and possibly 10 million ounce deposit under 20 metres of cover. You know, it's just that they didn't have the idea. So, um, but... DeGrave taken 14, 15 years, I think, to get to that stage. You know, and they had these, I'll call it, if you don't mind me saying, half-assed resources, you know, low-grade, multiple pockets everywhere. Yeah, we're going to get going, we're going to add value. Didn't get there, and then, bam, you know, had the discovery. So, you know, our money's better off doing what we want to do, but, you know, that we say we're going to do and go for the big discovery, and that's, that's what we're all about. So, Ambassador, how long have you been out? You, I, I, I get... You want to liken yourself to DeGray because it's a great success story, okay? And and it's it's everyone can point to DeGray and go, oh, we're going to be like that, right? Or, or a handful of other people who achieved similar things this year. But so how long have you been at it? How much money have you spent to get to this point? Because I think some people would accuse this of just being a lifestyle company because you're not getting on with the sure. business of doing the things that you said, which you know perhaps don't always work in your opinion about Oh, creating shareholder value, answers in the ground, all that kind of good stuff, which conventionally the market likes to see. Um, so, so yeah. So, if you just give us the sort of the, the background, so how long have you been out? How much money, first of all? Then, if you don't mind, I'll ask some more questions. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, uh, great question. So, yeah, we listed in two thousand six. You know, so we're here. So this is you know fourteenth, uh, you know fourteenth year, and uh, I think my uh, what would it be fifty sixth quarterly report for the uh, for the ASX coming up, and um, uh, and we probably raised I think because uh, we did calculation relatively, uh, relatively recently. Through our recent raisings, we've raised about forty just under uh, just under forty five mil that we spent in that time, and uh, you know we. Uh, if you came to our office and sort of, you know, saw the work that we do with the small team that we have <laughs> and looked at the amount of money that's gone into the ground, you'd realise that, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're not a lifestyle company in that sense because uh, it's like, you know, we're working flat out, especially at the moment. We've got there's three of us in the office and we've just completed a 15,000 metre, you know, drill program. So, uh, you know, it's a case of, it's a case of, you know, keeping it small, trying to focus the money, you know, getting going and then, you know, and, and hoping for, uh, you know, hoping for that to, that big win, and and to do that, we do a lot of technical work in house in order to you know give ourselves the best chance of uh, you know, the best chance of success. So yeah. right, okay, so okay, spend forty five million bucks market cap thirty five today. How much cash are you sitting on? Uh, so just uh, it's about three point three million. Okay, about three point three million. I mean, given it's since two thousand six to today, fourteen odd years. 
Do you, would you argue that you have the right, you're employing the right business model? Because it's, you know, it's a long time. Um, you say, you know, picking the eyes out of, of targets um, hasn't necessarily yeah. always worked uh, for you. So it, have you been ever tempted to change the business model? Yeah, near-term production type projects, you know, which is which would be like a transformational type of uh, deal, you know, on numerous occasions, you know, in that time. And everyone's looking for the unicorn project. Uh, that's what I've discovered, you know, over the years. It's, uh, you know, it's got the right this, it's got the right that, it's got the right the other. And, um, you know, our bent is always, you know, so we've seen the projects that sort of come across the table and things. And, and really, there really wasn't much that we've, you know, that we've found. But, I mean, other people have found other great deals and other people have been into, you know, deepest, darkest wilds of the world and, you know, done deals and, uh, you know, and done very well out of those, you know. So, um, but we haven't found anything that we sort of felt comfortable with at the right, you know, at the right price and the, and the right thing and the right, um, you know, right geology, right um, jurisdiction, you know, in particular, you know, nowadays, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, so look, um, you know, I'll, I'll defend my record. I mean, uh, there's there's a number of companies that floated in the 2000s that are, that are like us, and uh, in fact, a lot of them run by ex WMC people like myself. Um, and you know, we've got close. You know, we've had a number of small discoveries. You know, we've gone into you know brave areas. We were in the uranium sector. You know, we got hammered by Fukushima. That was the end of you know three or four years, four, uh, the first four years of that you know of activity. Um, and then the downturn came. You know, so you got to adapt and you know survive. You know, during that uh, you know during that period. So, um, and, but we stuck to our knitting. You know, during that time, we kept exploring. We raised money. We put money into the ground. We did drill campaigns. You know, we found a small you know, high grade resource. It still needs more work, but deep drill holes, et cetera, et cetera. So we've realized there's, you know, on, a, on our own projects, there's a, there's a um, uh, you know, minimum return that you kind of need. So it's like, oh, if we drill more deep drill holes into this and they don't deliver, that's a huge amount of money to risk. You know, we need to look for a partner for this particular part of the, uh, you know, part of the project. But in the background, we've always been doing a lot of technical work, and I believe 100% in the, in the ground that we've held. You know, we've had a lot of bits of ground, you know, here and there over the years, and we've sold some and moved them on. But I've never picked up a project I didn't believe that had, you know, had the potential. But you can't obviously hang on to all of the ground all the time. But Broken Hill and Commonwealth, which are our two key projects um, that we're working on right now, you know, uh, large ground holdings in well-known mineralised terrains. We've been actively drilling. We've got some fantastic targets. So we're as close as we've ever been to delivering what we came to do. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and that's what we're doing, you know, right now to raise $5 million this year. We've just spent probably a good two and a half of that, you know, smack bang on this drill program that we're just, uh, you know, we're just completing. And, um, and there'll be more drilling to come next year on the back of the, what we've discovered so far. So okay. yeah. do you think, do you feel Mike, that you need some quick wins just to kind of just calm everyone down a bit and just say, look, you know, th this is as close as we've ever been. This is a good target. And then, because again, you haven't got a lot of money available to you, just work out how you spend that in the most efficient way to either be able to go out and raise money again, or to attract a partner or to farm it out or whatever your plan is, yeah. just to yeah. get one in the bag. You know, after 14 years, yeah. just get one in the bag and you've got some way of monetizing that, right? Is, 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 I mean, is that, do you not feel that? Yeah. So it, it, it's easy to say one in the back, you know. So what does one in the back mean? Well, it actually means like a, you know, a, a, 
a fantastic drill intercept, okay, which is what we're trying to do. Um, you know, if it was quick and easy, it's just like, yeah, we would have done it 14, you know, 14 years ago. But um, so it's like, so right now we're at uh, a critical juncture in the sense that Broken Hill done a lot of drilling, got some really very interesting results. We're the first people to crack the secret of PG exploration in, in Broken Hill after 40 years of exploration. And we've made some huge strides there. And then we've generated this very significant porphyry, a copper gold target uh, you know, in Commonwealth, which I would rank higher than the stuff at Broken Hill. So we're fast tracking that at the moment and we're creating a lot of interest, you know, to that. So it, that's where, you know, that's where the thing is. So people say, oh, jumping from one to the other, but, but it's really a case of, look, there are two fantastic targets here. We've only got so much money. Where, you know, where now is the, you know, is the, is the breakthrough? The, the stuff at Broken Hill, you know, we've got a major looking at that. Um, you know, we'll put all that data together. We've sort of assets to come, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, whilst all that's going together, bam, you know, we're ready to go. We've got the money. Um, let's, you know, let's go and drill the first drill holes ever into this into this target. And, and people know me. I don't say things I don't believe in. It's, it is probably one of the the best target that I've ever, you know, that I've ever generated or we've ever seen. So for porphyry coppers, <laughs> probably probably the death knell. But um, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do with the target is drill it. So um, it, uh, it, you know, it, we're right at that uh, right at that uh, you know crucial juncture. Maybe I could sell it for a million dollars, and then and then here and then. We find ourselves again in twelve months, you know, going through the same, uh, you know, going through the same thing again. Okay, but, but copper. Okay, so let's talk about your projects now. So you kind of get, we've, we've we've sort of danced around some of the background. All right, let's talk about some of the projects. You talk about broken broken hell. You got Commonwealth and Red Hell as well. So when you when you say copper porphyries, I, I think a lot of money. You need a lot of money to drill that out, to understand it, to move that forward. So. What's the what's the plan with that one? Yeah, look, porphyries. Um, people talk them about you know being a company maker, and uh, and they potentially are, but it probably won't be you that actually develops a you know a, a proper porphyry copper deposit. There are obviously porphyries and porphyries, and um, you know, so we've got um, alkane resources, um, uh, and what's fired up a lot of the market attention on a Commonwealth project. Is alkane resources Boda discovery, which is the first sort of decent copper gold intercept in the Lock and Fold Belt in 40 years since uh, Katie Ridgeway was found, and we're right next door to that, and that sort of set off you know everyone uh, you know there's been a rush in that area, and it's, it's still got a long way to run. Um, so, uh, but then there's also um, Stavely resources. Um, they've had a significant porphyry copper discovery in younger rocks in the Devonian um, out in Victoria. And that's a slightly different style. There's some high-grade epithermal, you know, copper-silver mineralization that they're finding there and uh, stuff like that. So um, easy to generalize and sort of say, oh, Port of God is big and all the rest of it, but there's, there's always nuances in there. Um, if we find something that's like a Port of God, we'll, we'll keep going until someone taps us on the shoulder. And if it's good enough, somebody will do that. Um, you know, and you just take it as far as you, you know, as far as you possibly can. But, you know, as an example of, um, you know, what can happen, um, the, um, actually, I'll take a step back. If we go back to De Grey, I mean, De Grey's made a huge amount of money, you know, uh, on the back of, uh, you know, the massive discovery. You know, drilling out a five million ounce gold deposit, you know, isn't really much different to drilling out, you know, a, a porphyry copper deposit if it's near surface. Obviously, if it's 500 metres below surface, that's a different story. 
And, and that's a, a point of discrimination between ourselves and say Boda, because Boda is actually 350, 400 metres below the surface at the moment, um, nothing close to the surface. So it's like, you know, you're asking for, you know, that's a lot of dollars if, um, you know, if you're a junior company. So uh, it ended up being that deep. So how much are you throwing at that? How much money? So we'll probably put about, um, we'll probably put about half a million to three quarters of a million dollars into that project. I was thinking initially we might be able to just drill a couple of holes into the sort of the core where the geochemistry is that we've identified, uh, the surface geochemistry, but we've just received back our um, geophysics results on IP, induced polarisation, which is designed to sort of light up finely spread sulphide that you get around these porphyry coppers and uh, stick enough current into them and they kind of light up like a Christmas tree. And, um, and so we just got those results back and they're, they're nothing short, sort of extraordinary really compared, and in particular when compared to the geochemistry and the scale and the size of this thing is like, okay, surely, surely there has to be something, uh, yeah, something under this one. So as a result, we're expanding the drill program and, um, and just referring back to Stavely, there's indications at sort of one end that we might be getting into that kind of epithermal, you know, vein style near surface type thing, which is, you know, perhaps a bit easier to, to drill out and develop, uh, you know, for a junior. So, yeah. Okay, so 500, 750,000 bucks over what period of time? And what, what do you need to show at the end of that process, you think, to either one, attract the market enough to give you some more money, or two, have someone tap you on the shoulder and go, I tell you what, let's do something together? Yeah. Uh, it's um, it, it's very it's very clear. So um, we we need to get um, a, a clear indication of, of a couple of things. Um, if we're lucky, you know, bam, we slot the, the slot the winning drill hole because it's close to the surface. You know, that, that's great. There's no problem there. But but one of the things that's happened in port for copper exploration and will almost certainly lead to uh, other significant discoveries in the region. It's now a lot easier to generate the data that you require to understand where you are in the system in terms of the, the minerals around it, you know, how far away you are, the metal assemblages. And you can generate that data really cheaply, really easily in a very short period of time. Going back to, you know, 30 years ago, we had the ability to sort of do a lot of that stuff, but it would take you, you know, months or a year to get that data back. Whereas now, you know, one of the great advantages of technology as we're taking off on the technology curve in the mining industry is that, you know, we can almost compete with, you know, the larger companies in terms of the rate at which we can generate data and also the sense that we can, that we can make of it. And so these portal systems are actually really well understood. So the worst case scenario, um, or second worst case scenario, obviously the worst case scenario, there's nothing there, it's just all smoke and mirrors. Um, the second uh, best case scenario is that we basically identify that we've actually got this, this carapace that's altered and we're at the top of something, you know, that is, that is much deeper. And, and that's the sort of thing that people might say, oh, well, now we'll tap on the shoulder, you know, and see even then. But I suspect even if we generate that, we're bold enough to go, okay, let's drill the big one, you know, and, uh, and go underneath. And if you look at Stavely, I mean, there was, there's a prime example of persistence there. You know, Stavely were drilling these, you know, thousand metre drill holes, you know, and just coming up with, you know, very little and all credit to them because it was a, you know, a eventually 200 metres long strike, very close to the surface, they found, you know, they found the, the thing that turned the whole thing around. So, so look, that's what we're hoping. And um, I would say we'll, it'll take, you know, six to eight weeks of drilling um you know results pretty soon after that i mean the labs are getting full but um you know a lot of the things you can do with a handheld xrf nowadays you know are very relevant to porphyry uh, exploration 
and you can identify a lot of the things that you need almost on the, you know, almost on the fly. And we're doing that in our PG exploration at the moment. And um, you know, it's it's revolutionised the uh, you know, thing. So yeah. Okay, so like I say, so at the end of the okay, six eight weeks, great. Assay, I understand in Perth there's a few delays, it's up to seven, eight weeks at the moment in the assay labs. Uh, at the end of the period, when you know what you've got, what are you and the board discussing doing at that point? Are, are you going to go and say, hey, we need to put more money into this thing? Are you already in conversations with other companies about coming in and helping take share the load? Yeah, we've got um, we've got a group uh, reviewing the, the data, but but really all we have is soil geochemistry data and some airborne magnetic data because there's never been any drilling there. That's and, and now the geophysics. Right. So, you know, it's a case of um, it is what it is. It's a it's a target that requires drilling, and uh, you know who's brave enough to drill it. But it would have to be a very generous offer for me not to drill that thing ourselves because right. that's the type of target that we came. To find and drill, and uh, and that's you know, and, and so we're going to do it. So we'd have to be a pretty hefty, <laughs> a pretty hefty offer to stop me drilling. I, I think that's target. I think that's where I'm going with this. Is as in, it's not a lot of money being spent on it. It's still very early days, and you know, you've got limited funds. So I'm like saying, so what's the decision making? Do you, what do you need to see, and what do you think you need to see to say, okay, we're going to put another half a million in there. We're going to put another seven hundred fifty thousand in there. Yeah. What, what, does, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll just explain it in a, in a way, you know, it's like, yeah, we need to see obviously signs of mineralization, but importantly, work out where we are in that system. So we need to do, if we don't get initial indications of high grade mineralization, you need to balance up how much money you then spend to work out where we are in the system. And I'll use an example magmatic resources at the moment, Kinkora, um, TSX listed company, they've both been plugging away for months now with their drilling and, and haven't delivered the results, you know, and it's a porphyry system you know, like ours and, uh, you know, and, and they're sort of almost getting the impression they're scratching their heads really about where they are in the system, but they kind of understand where they are, but they're saying, okay, we've got to drill another hole. But these are, again, for those guys, these are the deep drill holes. So, you know, uh, and the market's got a short memory. Uh, and let's be, let's be frank as well, and the last results from Boda, um, yeah, we're a little bit disappointing, I think, for, for, for most of the market because they're large, low-grade intercepts and they're drilling 1,000-metre drill holes. And, again, it's fine for Alcane because they're, you know, they're uh, spending money out atomically. So, um, you know, so they've got the funding to be able to do that and they've got the, the, the wherewithal to do it. But you can't drill, you know, impact wouldn't be able to drill those sort of holes. Okay. So, you know, one scenario is, oh, look, we worked out, we worked out at the top. It's 500 metres below, 700 metres, 800 metres below us. Does somebody want to come and drill that? Drill that? Okay, well, should we go to a Broken Hill? What's happening there? Yeah. So, so Broken Hill uh, is famous mainly for being home to the world's sort of largest uh, silver lead zinc deposit, Broken Hill itself. And that mine's been operating there for you know, 150 years, I guess. And, but it's lesser well known that it's actually got these uh, relatively modest size mafic, ultramafic intrusions that are dripping with very high grade nickel, copper and PGEs. And so um, they've been known about for a long time. People sort of um, gone in there and had a look at them, done a bit of drilling in a few of the areas, or one area in particular, Platinum Springs, nothing in the other areas. Um, and um, but they, I was always intrigued by these things when I first came across them. Um, and so we've just completed um, the first serious drill campaign uh, 
by anybody in the 40 years of exploration on the three main prospects um, that have been well known about um, for nickel copper PGEs. And the results are starting to come in and we've made some some pretty significant advances there and, uh, and that's, that's sort of coming together, yeah. So we're, we're pretty happy um, and we can talk more about that. Well, yeah, I mean, please do. I mean, talk, talk us through some of the grades because, you know, we've seen a few presentations, uh, so a few uh, press releases. Um. Yeah. Now, look, um, so uh, we'll take a step back. The thing that's, that's of, that was of great interest to me when I first came across this project was that the area contains very high grades of all of the six PGEs. So normally it's either palladium or platinum, um, but this has got you know exceptional grades of palladium. It's a palladium-rich system, um, excellent grades of platinum, um, but it's also got you know grams of osmium, iridium, ruthenium, and rhodium, and you can count probably on the fingers of one hand on how many areas of the world that you get those six metals together, and it tells you that something very special was happening deep in the Earth's crust when these things were you know. Were were coming up, you know, the depth which they've come from and how they've actually got to the surface. And it's like, well, okay, that's that's an unusual, um, you know, that's a very unusual uh, situation. And so, and one of the things about finding big unusual deposits um, is that if you imagine a bell curve of you know, distribution of deposit styles, you know, the, the, where's the big ones? You know, the things that no one's looked for, the things that are different, you know, they're out here on the bell curve. And, and Broken Hill is out there, and that's really what's always attracted me, uh, you know, to it. I mean, corporate coppers are corporate coppers, but, um, you know, some of the big breakthroughs are made by looking for things that people haven't looked for before. And so at Broken Hill, we already had that set up. So we've done a lot of work over five years um, since we first drilled there um, on the nature of these rocks, you know, where the chemistry is, where they've come from, um, what their age is. Um, it hasn't cost us a lot of money, and, and also we get an R&D rebate for that. So, you know, we get 45% of the money that we spent back. Um, but, the, you know, the 150 grand we've spent on that over sort of the five years has paid back in spades in terms of understanding the, the nature and the geometry of these, uh, of these rocks. So we've identified um, so three areas. There's called Platinum Springs, um, which has been where all the previous drilling have been, apart from two holes which have been done at Red Hill, and then there have been basically no work of significance apart from some shallow water drilling at the Little Broken Hill Gabbro. Um, and so we've just we drilled a couple of places five, six years ago, got some spectacular results um, yeah, in some veins. We were getting 10 ounces of palladium um, in a vein uh, at Red Hill. And at um, Platinum Springs, we got sort of an ounce and a half of um, palladium and platinum, five or six grams of the other PGEs, 7% copper, 7% nickel, and, and beautiful massive sulphide. And it's also got a gram and a half of gold and an ounce and a half of silver. It's like it's the world's perfect precious metal, base metal ore body. And it's probably the highest dollar per tonne ore in Australia, if we can find more of it. So but these magmatic nickel copper sulfide systems are not straightforward. You've got to, you know, you've got to kind of understand them. And in particular, these ones, they're PGE rich. Um, and so when they're PGE rich, you run into a problem that you that you can't see the mineralization <laughs> you've got to send it to the lab you know and wait weeks and weeks for it to uh, to come back but we're in the start of this program as a result of all the work that we did we've made a huge breakthrough in the chemistry of these systems which has allowed us to make an estimate a rough estimate of the pge grade in these rocks before we send them to the lab and whilst we're actually drilling using a handheld xrf machine 
And it's actually hard to describe how much of a breakthrough that is. I don't know anybody else who's doing it, to be honest. They might be doing it behind closed doors. We're the only people sort of talking about it. Um, and that has actually been allowed us then to actually, oh, we've actually got PGEs in this rock. Okay, let's keep drilling. And so the program that was going to be sort of eight or 10,000 metres has now turned into 15,000. And even though we're months away from getting all the results back, it's because I know for a fact there's going to be PGE in these rocks. Um, and, um, and so we can sort of, in the broadest sense, decide where we're going to drill next. So as a result, we started in July and we're finishing next week. So a five-month program that it's been. Um, and each of the three prospects, we've made you know, some huge sort of breakthroughs. So at Platinum Springs, we now have a really good understanding of the geometry, um, the orientation, the chemistry, and, and the whole physics of the system, um, and which is then going to allow us to sort of follow those these shoots that we found and defined, um, or take a step back and look for areas of the, because only one area of, say, one kilometre strike of a nine kilometre long um, body that hosts these things has ever been tested. There's been no drilling of significance, two drill holes in the rest of the eight kilometres. And so wide open, but people have not been able to get the mineralisation to hang together. And we're the first people to do that there. So that's a, that's a massive breakthrough. Yeah. But Red Hill, same thing. Um, you know, we had these very high grade things in a vein underneath this thing. Those really haven't panned out that much, but, but we've now made some big breakthroughs inside the, the hosting. And we know where, where the big deep drill hole is going to go to go and test that one. And at Little Broken Hill Gabbro, which is probably, again, uh, in terms of prioritising prospects, that's probably the big one. Um, it's of the same age, chemistry, and formed in the same place as Jinshuan, which is the world's probably second largest massive sulphide uh, ore body, uh, half a billion tonnes. Um, and that's got huge potential there. Um, one shallow drill hole, 120 metres, didn't get anywhere near the target horizon. So we're now demonstrating that that thing is alive and kicking over probably six kilometres of strike in the basal unit. It's dripping with PGEs, and we only we know that from our ratio, um, and uh, and also we're getting some copper and nickel hits. Um, nothing that I would call a discovery yet, but it is quite clear that both Little Broken Gambro and Platinum Spring they host millions of ounces of PGEs. It's just that it, you know, at low grades, the question is where's the trap, and that's the focus of our work. Where are we going to hone in on the uh, you know on the ore body that's uh, that's got that, and these things aren't difficult. They take time and money, as I said. They, they do take time and, and they will take money. Um, and I'm listening to you and I'm going, yeah. you're in love with the process and the geology. I can, I can hear that coming through loud and clear. You, you're going to have to get a little bit in love with the market too, because it to, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts and it's, it's hard, it's hard to follow at times and everything's got great comps and potential and you can point to, you know, lots of other people, successes are everywhere, but you need to, surely you need to um, be able to point to a discovery or to something that you're going to focus on um, to get the market going again and believe that yeah. you're, you're on their side. Because shareholders make money, you know, when, you're pri when the share price goes up and they can maybe cash in, you need that liquidity in the company. You need yeah. to get that interest going again. So yeah. how... How are you going to show them the, the the love and excitement on that side of the business too? Yeah, well, look, the only thing that it comes down to is is delivering the drill results. 
you know, I mean, that's, that's where the excitement comes from in the junior explorer. I mean, if I go out and then join Venturit, you know, I can tell you half of the, half of the shareholders will be pissed off because I'm giving it away. And then, and then the other half will be going, oh, you know, great, he's saving money, you know, there's not, there's not as much dilution. So it's kind of a no-win, you know, situation in that case in terms of the shareholders. You know, so my job is to balance it up. So, right, okay, you know, where are we sitting here? And, well, one thing I've learned over the 14 years is that, my job is actually more constant management of the downside. It's like, you know, because we're in exploration, the chances are that the next drill hole probably won't come in, you know. So it's like the next drill program won't deliver what you're going to deliver. And because we're genuine about what we do, we're passionate about what we do, it's like, right, okay, if this, if this doesn't come in, what's the, what's the fallback to make sure that we protect the shareholders as best as we can in the worst-case scenario? You know, uh, it's like, okay, well, the, the, what we're going to do is we've got this other great project and we're going to bring that one up, you know. Um, or if we get enough here to say, mm, this is worth us spending more money on, you know. And, and when we put all this stuff together, we've got a broken hill. I can tell you we need to spend more money on it. But balancing that up against Commonwealth, it's like, right, okay, I don't want to blow all of my money in one, you know, in, in one massive, you know, drill campaign. So we have a major evaluating Broken Hill at the moment, um, and so you know that's a, that's a, haven't made that. It's just a, <laughs> just in case anyone from the ASX is watching, um, we haven't made any announcements of that. It's just they've just knocked on the door. They're just looking at the data. There's been no discussions of deals or anything. They're going to do a field trip, blah blah blah. But they they make a living. You know, people in business. I like to say, and actually my chairman likes to say, people in business development have to justify their their roles. And so they travel the world seeing all of these projects and then, you know, they get to the end, oh, actually, I like the first one and we go back around the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing again. So, you know, so these, these guys and these business development things, they've got to justify their, uh, their, their living. Um, so it doesn't really mean anything. So, look, we've got somebody there, so that's great. You know, we've done enough work, you know, to entice, you know, a major finance. And they, they approached us. We didn't go to them. They knocked on the door and said, hey, we're interested. So, um, you yeah, know, so we're on the right, yeah, yeah we're on the right track, um, I think, in that respect. Um, so we will, you know, we're making an assessment when all the data's in, okay, well, where is there some way that we can focus, you know, we know what the processes are, what does that mean, where can we focus and see where the trap is. So the, you know, but with Commonwealth, balancing that up, so, well, for three quarters of a million dollars, we stand a really good chance of nailing something hugely significant in the first six drill holes. You know, so um, it's a, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer that you spend the money there over Broken Hill in the, ne in the next round of work that we've done. Yeah. Okay. So, do you, I mean, you've heard the phrase, there's no money in the middle. And I think some, sometimes it applies in business too, in, in the sense that you've got to be very clear with what you are in the marketplace. And you talk about being a high-grade mineral exploration company behind you on that poster. Do you think people understand your business plan or are you still just trying to work out what it is that you need to be to be successful in the market? Uh, forgive me if I'm answering the same question again, but I mean, we know what we need to do to be successful in the market, which is deliver you know, a major exploration success, you know, a, a world-class all body. That, you know, that's what we're here for. And many of my peers at the time in other companies are trying to do the same thing, you know. And there's a number of us that haven't quite got there, you know, yet. And if people don't want us, don't want me to do that, and you know, and direct the company in a different way, I have 
then that's fine. I've done my role and, and somebody else will come in and we can bend a project, you know, an advanced project in that's going to be in production in five years and and, uh, and cost, you know, $50 million to bring into production. So, um, uh, and, and, and that's fine. I'm, you know, I'd be at peace with that because we're giving it, you know, giving it a good shot. But over the years, we've been through ways and sort of had, you know, as I say, we've had small discoveries that we found ourselves, um, you know, we've extended things and they're just, they just haven't quite got that little bit of extra luck that you kind of need. So one of my mentors at WNC, Doug Haynes, is a, Dr. Doug Haynes, a very world-famous geologist, primarily one of the two people responsible for Olympic Dam, Discovery Olympic Dam, and numerous other raw bodies, and a very intense, passionate geologist, and uh, he always said, oh, serendipity, Mike, serendipity. You just need that little bit of luck to, uh, you know, to give you the edge, and, and who knows where that luck comes from. But you often make your own luck, and um, yeah, we try and make our own luck by taking quite a technical approach to the, the entire project, where, where the phrase we use quite often uh, in impact. And it's like you need to do the proper work properly. And you know, over the years, and I've been a consultant on you know, 80, 80 projects plus, and you go into these places and they just, they've either given up too early, they've used the wrong technique, or they don't really understand the geology. And, and one of the reasons we're seeing successes being made in, in old terrains nowadays is because people are getting the technology is allowing us to get more data um, more quickly and actually interpret that data and we're making breakthroughs in these old areas and uh, you know it doesn't you might as I say you might get lucky with a one drill hole wander out in the middle of nowhere and there's a brand new discovery great on gold you know those sort of things um, although that's obviously near uh, you know, how new an area that is is a different thing um, you know, so you need to take that approach um, in order to, to give yourself the best chance of success. It might cost a little bit more, but the results are, you know, the results are there. So if you're going to walk away from the project, you're going to go, right, I've actually demonstrated this system is dead or it's never going to form a big deposit. And, um, and you can walk away, you know, confidently. Um, otherwise, uh, as we used to say, you know, the best project you can get nowadays is one that Western Mining had. <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them ended up with mines on them, but uh, admittedly, not many world-class mines. So, uh, yeah. So, so that, that, in a nutshell, we are who we are. We have a technical approach. Um, we're known for our, you know, our geological skills and the marketplace. Um, Hot Copper's always rabbiting on about that, um, and um, we're here for the big win. It's a very straightforward, uh, you know, business case. So. Brilliant. And um, just on the, the, I mean, because it's been around for a while, what's the kind of share count and, you know, how many shares have you got, for instance, and and the management team? How much are you sitting on? Yeah. So we've got, um, uh, in terms of direct equity, we've got uh, only about 3% in direct equity. But we have, we're incentivized with options. Um, And um, the, yeah, some of those are actually in the money for the first time, <laughs> and because uh, we've had options over the years, and, and look, and and that would be the case, and you know, unless uh, you know somebody else is coming in and vending a project in, um, you know, we're at that stage, and, and as many companies like us, you know, around that are like that, it it would be easy for me to actually start another company, you know, yeah, just get another bunch of projects and start another company that's got eight, you know, they might have eight, 10% or something like that in that, you know, and, um, and, then, and then go around again. But it's like, well, you know, A, I'm here to try and help the shareholders. You know, there's been a lot of people invested in me over the years to try and show them, look, we're here for the right reason. We're trying to do this thing. We're good enough to find something. Um, you know, if I was in it strictly for the money um, or the lifestyle, you know, I'd have, I'd have 
I'd have gone off and started two or three other companies and just you know, been a serial, you know, serial starter. But if you don't have the right project, you know, I, I could go and get another whole lot of exploration projects. Are they any better than the ones we've already got? But if I see a good exploration project that somebody else has got, you know, that I think I should have, I'd rather bring that into impact than then keep it to myself and start another, you know, start another company. So I have a bit of an issue with some of these guys that are, you know, doing stuff left, right, and uh, you know, left, right, and centre. Um, in terms of well, you know, and we've just done two deals, you know, recently um, brought in some, some small things into the company. Um, one is a strategic, small strategic acquisition, but our third large project, which is an application. And the other one was just a walk-up drill target. The goal target was actually, funnily enough, done by Western Mining <laughs> in, the, in the late 90s. It was like, oh, shit, we need to drill this. You can't walk away from this. And you say, well, that's another project you've gone. You know, well, there was another one I looked at that I turned down, the people that somebody else picked up. And this week they've just um, announced some really good drill results into that same project. So can't be everywhere doing everything. Um, so, um, and, uh, but you know, every now and again, you've got to take something, you know, a little extra. So, so going back to your question, you know, I'm incentivized by options. If we get the shares, if we make a big win in our market cap, you know, quintuples from here, that's, you know, um, it would have been as much money as I would make in year two when we listed when I had a lot more, you know, direct equity. So. Brilliant. Mike, I appreciate you running through that story. Um, exciting times, especially with the, uh, the, the PGEs. Um, it's a kind yeah. of hot, hot market at the moment. So uh, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on with the drilling because I think that's, as you say, the success is going to come through the drill bit. Yeah, no, that's great, man. And uh, I will say, given it's the first interview, uh, I've actually enjoyed it because you do ask tough questions. I, perhaps I wasn't expecting as many tough questions and, uh, as uh, I actually got. And uh, so I, I appreciate that. That's good. And, uh, and you know, so hopefully, um, you know, we're as transparent as you could possibly be. So uh, that's, uh, it's good to, be, uh, good to be on and hopefully we'll do it again. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.